Um, I mean, I think we're trying to scale to, you know, I mean, eventually we'd love to see a 10X model. So I think that's where we're setting our sights on and continue to get a stable and repeatable marketplace. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Angela Sandwater. She's building a company called Ripple Works with an X on the end.com, a people analytics and retention and optimization platform. Angela, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Let's jump in here. So what's the company doing and, and what are companies paying you for? Yeah, good question. So people analytics, and that's a really broad um, spectrum of things. But I think what we really focus on is trying to understand the sentiment of your employees or your workforce and how you can individually motivate them and retain them. So we really see um, how do we, you have, you have so many systems that are available to manage your machines, your processes that you have for efficacy and so forth. But really you have little to understand the heartbeat of your workforce. And that's what we're really focused on doing. Does that mean you're selling mainly to HR managers, uh, lead, team leaders, things like that? It can be HR. Absolutely. Um, if HR is a champion for this, then absolutely. And I find that in today's day in industry, HR has taken a whole new road than they have two years ago. So now they are the strategic workforce course to really drive the company forward when you think of your key individuals within your company, which are your assets. So yes, absolutely HR. But then if it's a, a champion within a business unit or an operational head, then that individual wants to see that they're keeping their workforce strong. And so we definitely work with um, operation leads or HR. And you have a very cool dashboard for folks to use to manage all this. What are customers paying you on average per month to use the technology? Um, yeah, so we have a SaaS license. We have a um, module. It can start anywhere from four to eight dollars um, per user per month. So it, it all depends on the types of um, features that you're using. And, and so, what is the average like team sign up? Is it a ten person team typically? A thousand person team? What's the average brand paying you per month to use it? It is when you start to see that you can't talk to every person in every day um, and you start to see that the workforce is distributed. So I would say starting out maybe with 50 individuals and then moving all the way up into the multi-thousand individual types of organizations. When you look across your current customer base, is it fair to say the average team is starting with maybe 50 seats at 4 bucks a pop or about 200 bucks a month? Um, so you would typically see this closer to 500 users. I'd say that's oh. probably our average um, customer base size. And so in the 4 to $6 range would probably be the average price point. Too. So you're more like mid-market, not SMB. You know, obviously, 500 seats at 4 bucks pop is about two grand a month on average versus a smaller, a smaller team. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. very cool. Um, let's, let's get your backstory here. When did you launch the business? What year? Um, 2018. How did you come up with the idea? It was based on the ripple effect. And so we found that many organizations had annual performance reviews, but this wasn't really addressing, are they developing their individuals correctly? Are they training them in the right needs within the organization? So thinking of um, sort of the 
if you look at the um, KMO model, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but when you're thinking about knowledge, motivation, organizational needs, and you know, this is something even um, my husband has written his dissertation on. So it was kind of something we talked about within our family. And is he um, your co-founder? He is absolutely. Who owns more equity, you or him? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm not Come on. <laughs> Hopefully you own. You're 51, he's 49, right? <laughs> no, actually we're we're split. We have uh, more people that are part of the founding team. So we we started working with athletic teams. I'm the tech brains. He's the inspiration behind the methodology and uh, then we've we translated this into initially for human performance or a tactical athlete of how do you help to optimize their performance? Um and how do you get teams lined for um, this particular goal? And so we saw that as our initial pilot market, but then it started going to high-performing teams. So we worked with production studios where they said, we're kind of like athletes. And then we work with law enforcement where they say, we have to think about motivating and retaining and even thinking of cultural changes within the workforce. So that's where RippleWorks can really shine in those types of organizations. I see. Okay. So first customers were athletes and athletic teams. You then scale from there. How many customers are you serving now today? Oh, that's a really good question. So um, yeah, probably close to 50 or so customers. 50, today. 50, yeah. 50, so 50 teams, police, you know, so that could be one, one government or one city with a police team would be one out of 50. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Do you have any geographic concentration? Are you focused on one city or area? We've started in the Southeast. So I would say, you know, within Atlanta, Huntsville, um, where we are headquartered was the initial start of our customer base, but it has since grown. So now we have customers that are located um, throughout the U.S. We have international customers, et cetera. So it has grown um, beyond just the Southeast region of the U.S. Now, how many co-founders are there? You, your husband, who else? There are six of us total. I have to do the Holy math. mackerel, six co-founders? <laughs> yeah, we've, you... we've expanded that group, I would say. So it wasn't all initial founders, but uh, we've kind of expanded the group of people that have fallen into um, adding strategic value uh, to the team. But who was there in 2018? How many? Mm, that's a good question. I think it started out initially with about four of us, and then it grew beyond that. Um, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So six team members own equity. You're calling them sort of co-founders. What's the total team size today? 35. 35. Wow. And is it heavy engineering? How many engineers? The majority of our workforce are the engineers. Um, so I, I would say we're looking at about 15 or so would be in the engineering space. And then you go into sort of the sales engineering realm or the customer support team, which is still kind of that engineering mindset. So, and then uh, business development beyond that. I see. Do you have quota carrying sales reps? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. How many of those? Uh, so right now we've got two of those, three of those. Which so, is Angel, that's, like a, that's a key driver. I mean, that's once you start hiring those and they're running a playbook, ideally you can just hire them effectively scale, not infinitely, obviously, but that's a big moment for a SaaS startup. How did you have the confidence to hire your first sales rep and how'd you know what quota to give them? Yeah, no, good question. So we really, when we started to see that we could articulate the, the value proposition within a particular market, and we saw that it was scalable and the system could be more turnkey or um, be able to drive itself within those markets, that's where we determined to bring on some quotas salespeople. At first, we weren't so successful at this, but with the last three, we've been able to get this model right and to bring it forward. Can I ask you what quota you set them on? Like, do they have to close a million bucks of new revenue per year? Or what do you, what target do they have? 
Yeah, somewhere at that amount of money. Yeah. Interesting. And do you follow pretty standard playbook here where if their quota is a million and they hit it, they're earning about one fifth of that as total comp. So 200,000 total salary if they hit it? Uh, it's a typical model. Yeah. So I would say it, it varies, but t- depending on the market and what they may have come in with the base and so forth. So there are some determining factors on there. But yeah. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. Other question here, obviously capital allocation. Have you guys bootstrapped or did you raise a bunch of capital? Um, we bootstrapped and we raised some capital, but we haven't gone for any series, um, serious type. So it was still kind of our friends and family network. Okay. So how much have you guys raised to date and when? Um, I think part of that is confidential. So I don't know how much I can really say of that, but, um, yeah, we, we bootstrapped some and we've, uh, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, how did you... I mean, this is obviously a key piece to getting your MVP launched and going is do you choose to bootstrap or not? And it requires different parts of the brain, whether you throw capital at the palm or creativity. Can, can you yeah, share yeah. any information there, right? I mean, are we talking like millions of dollars raised or under a million and you're being pretty creative? Um, yeah, I'd say uh, upwards of a million that we've okay. raised. Okay. Yeah. Why? And, and um, I don't know how to ask this. Maybe don't be offended by this. I'm, I'm generally curious. I mean, what is what makes this heavy lifting? Why, why do you need so much capital to launch a tool like this? Yeah, I'd say because we we we're expecting somewhat of a SaaS model, right? So when you think about it, most of your upfront costs are in the development cost upfront, and so therefore you don't have the customer base. You're developing the product and determining market fit and MVP and getting that solidified so that you can go into that scalable market model. So the upfront cost, oftentimes for a SaaS company or the traditional models of that hockey stick, are going to be upfront. And so we paid a lot for development upfront. And so we're getting to the point that we're looking at the scalability and then the upside. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, there's a lot, you know, we've interviewed now maybe over 3,100 or so SaaS founders directly. And there's this big subset called maybe 20% that bootstrapped their way way past a million bucks in revenue. They're all SaaS models. Um, obviously, the flip side is maybe you can move faster with capital. But how do you balance investing in software early versus getting in front of customers so you can fund yourself from customer revenue? Yeah, no, that's a really, really good question. Um, So I would say what we looked at was bringing in intelligence too. So we wanted to have a very, um, we wanted the product to be the star of the show. And that required some level of business intelligence that covered um, beyond just um, us developing it ourselves within the team or bootstrapping what could be developed. So I would say, because we wanted to bring in the expertise and develop the really stable, intelligent, using the predictive modeling business intelligence so that it was informative and could scale to larger organizations. Um, I'd say our customer base was different at the beginning. So where other people may try to go to a more friendly customer base, that would be looking at specifically 
um, and helping you work out the kinks. We were already going to customers and getting the name brands behind some of our early customers that required a more stable product. So therefore, we invested more into development because that was our strategy and our customer size was larger than just um, a, a smaller type of um, mm -hmm. initial footprint. What's the next big feature update? What are you most excited about? Uh, continued um, intelligence. I think one of the things we're really leaning into is uh, natural language processing and being able to understand the myriad of contextualized data and being able to correlate it and make actions based on that. So it'd be really intense. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, Angela. That's a, those are a lot of big words in one I sentence. know, I know, I know. That Just, goes back to the that... intelligence. I need to quit uh, speaking that way. Well, can um, you make this very real? Okay, I am a policeman working on a police force in Georgia. Where am I writing as a police, individual police person, writing information so that my organization can analyze it? Yeah, good question. So, um, just being able to understand the qualitative feedback that you may give. So even if it's just to a survey response, which is pretty basic to be able to say, we're seeing the sentiment of the force um, get, getting stronger, weaker. These are areas that need to be addressed over time and making that more precise and being able to correlate it to workload, 911 calls and other factors so that it is really um, articulate and actionable. I see. Okay. Now in terms of... It does. Yeah, that was helpful. Thank you. Um, in terms of growth, so I mentioned first customer uh, athletes back in 2018. You mentioned you've scaled up to 50 now to date. You do have an inside sales org, so you're growing. Uh, you mentioned average price, maybe around $2,000 a month. Can I take $2,000 a month times 50? You guys are north of hundred grand a month right now in revenue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's the next big goal? What are you excited about revenue-wise? Um, I mean, I think we're trying to scale to, you know, I mean, eventually we'd love to see a 10X model. So I think that's where we're setting our sights on and continue to get a stable and repeatable market base. Do you think you can break 10 million revenue next year by the end of next year? Oh, um, we'll see. We'll see. It depends. We'll see. We'll it makes you a little yeah. uncomfortable, but maybe a stretch goal, right? <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how we end up for the year. So, do you yeah. think you can grow up to that sort of scale, ten million revenue, without raising more capital, or do you think you'll need to raise more? Um, we'll see how that goes. Too, we're we're always open. Uh, we're not in the hunt right now, if that makes sense. Got it. So you don't think? I mean, growth right now, you can keep driving growth without raising more capital, using what you've already raised plus customer revenue. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously a great way to do it. Very cool. All right, um, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, Angela, what's your favorite business book? Right now, it is Never Split the Difference. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Oh, just one. Um, I think there are several that I'm following or studying. So I guess it depends on the market. So I'd say- Go and pick, pick one. Uh, pick one CEO that I'm following or studying. I mean, it's always, it's always interesting to see what, um, yeah, what's going on with Space Force. And yeah, it's always interesting to see what's going on. <clears throat> with Space Force? Sorry, which CEO are you talking about? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm looking at, we're looking at the uh, several things within the Department of Defense. So that's been interesting to see. And then, um, yeah, there's there are several that I'm following right now. Okay, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? That's a good question. I think I enjoy the intelligence of Salesforce. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, that's a good, yeah, easy answer. About four, <laughs> four to five. That's not, that's not healthy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I catch up on the weekends, but I I uh, I love to get up early for a run and I um, oftentimes do my best thinking when the house is quiet at night. Fair enough. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Married, definitely. And kiddos, yes. How many kids? Three. Oh, but you are busy, busy, busy. Okay, Angela, can I? Do, is it? Do you mind me asking how old you are? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, take us, take take us. The reason I ask is take us back to your twenty year old self. What's something you wish that she knew? Um, no, that's a good question. I think it would be just to have more confidence um, in the in the beginning and speak up. I was a you know a lone woman in tech uh, for a long period of time, and so I'd say in that situation, just learn to speak up earlier. Guys, Ripple works in the very competitive and fast-growing HR tech space. They help. They start off in 2018 helping athletes and athletic teams manage the sentiment of those teams, now working with police forces, production studios, and 50 other uh, logos and brands, paying on average 2000 bucks a month to help them manage, again, their people and sentiment analysis, doing about 2000 bucks a month per uh, customer, over $100,000 a month in revenue as they look to scale. They have raised some capital, but are trying to be smart about it with their team of 35, 15 engineers, onboarding new sales reps as we speak, speak to keep driving growth. She's excited about the new NLP modules they're releasing here shortly. Angela, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.